Welcome back to Boozy Bracketology, where we're the home of strong drinks, strong opinions, and crowning champions. My name is Jeff, and I'm going to be your host tonight as we dive back in and finish our best Robin Williams performance bracket. Back with us tonight, you know him and you love him, our lovely group to help us make these tough decisions. Let's dive back in one last time and find out what they're drinking and how they're doing. Let's get it started off tonight with Steven. I'm doing terrible tonight. Still stuck on remote in the land of Coca-Cola suck ass. I mean, zero sugar. Plus, I discovered that the emulation on Switch has pilot wings for Super Nintendo, but not pilot wings 64 for the Super, uh, the 64 emulation. What the hell? What kind of world are we living in? That makes no sense. Why would you put the non-3D pilot wings on there? This I'm going to suck back a terrible Coke, and I'm going to stew for a little bit. There's no better way to have a Coke than an angry Coke. I think that'll do it for you. Uh, up next is Leah. Leah, how are you doing, and what's in your glass tonight? Well, I'm doing better than Steven, um, because I'm actually focused on the the bracket. I'm just assuming that Steven, when other people are talking, he's just playing Nintendo. Um, and not listening to anything the rest of us have to say. So, um, Yeah, but I'm drinking water um, out of my nice friend's wine glass that I have, so... Uh, yeah, let's do this. I mean, wine glass water is fancier water. It, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's very true. Uh, the, you guys, Leah can't see this, but Steven just turned on his webcam to show us the, the shitty wings from the Switch. See, I told you, he's literally playing video games instead of listening to us talk. Oh, boy. If only I knew we were all being judged by that. I won't tell her how many games of Solitaire I played while you guys were going on. <laughs> These Pokemon are not going to snap themselves, damn it. <laughs> Gotta snap them all. I think that was Thanos, actually. Um, all right, Ooh. Mike. <laughs> now, technically, Thanos only snapped half of them. Uh, that's right, uh, Pokemon. Uh, I know nothing about that, but I do know this. I'm bringing the boozy to boozy bracketology tonight. Oh. Not really. It's an 8.1% alcohol by volume. So, I mean, it is boozy, but it's not like I'm going to knock myself flat or anything. This is a beer from Monday Night Brewing that has a title that, for whatever reason, I feel like Robin Williams would have appreciated. Space Lettuce. Huh. It's called Space Lettuce. It's a double IPA. Uh, I've had a lot of stuff but uh, by Monday Night Brewing, but I've never had this one before. On the can, it says, heady, sticky, intergalactic. That's how they describe their beer, apparently. Let's see if it's an accurate descriptor. Mm. Not sticky, more liquidy. Definitely heady. I can see where the intergalactic comes from, sure. It's planetary, at least. I like it. It's good. Oh, very nice. And uh, actually, on that note, I will be joining you with a dipper. And... Uh, in in something that can only be had by us here, and whether this will be a controversial take or not, this is the Florida Man dip up <laughs> by Cigar City Brewing, living up to a, a namesake here. But uh, it is described as a tribute to the world's worst superhero hero. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to go ahead and not pre-crack this one. So, All right. I don't know if that worked, but everything is really wet now. That's what she said. Boom. 
All right, we are moving over to Chris. Chris, how are you doing, and what's in your glass? Man, I am good. Every once in a while, you come across a beer that you just have to buy for no other reason than the can is really freaking cool. Yep. This is from Pontoon Brewing in Sandy Springs, Georgia. It is called the Pontoon Brewing Quad Stack. The can Mm. itself has four pancakes draped in maple syrup, and that's cool. That's cool. But on each side of the stack of pancakes, there are two otters just staring longingly <laughs> at the pancakes, <laughs> wishing they could eat them. Uh, so this is it's it's uh, is listed. Is it a, a quad? It's a Belgian style quad with maple syrup. Ooh. And the oh my gosh, I have that problem all the time, Chris. Okay, I fixed it. There you go. Yeah, the perils of having no fingernails. I'm right there with you. All right, let's see. I'm really intrigued because I love a good quad. I love a good Belgian, but I've never had one with maple syrup. Oh, my. So it's it's full on quad up front. Yeah. And the maple syrup just, just drips at the very end. Nice. It's amazing. Oh, my God. <laughs> like I'm, I, I'm literally just sitting here going, mm, yep. syrup. It's from Sandy Springs. Uh, it's it, the brewery's in Sandy Springs, Georgia. It's called Pontoon Brewing. Okay, I got a bu- I got a buddy that that lives near there. I'm gonna have to uh, have to have him pick me up some. Yeah, this is really good. This is a oh gosh. Yeah, I'm I'm in. Let's go. Let's uh, let's make Robin <laughs> Williams proud. Ha! Oh boy. Well, I'm not sure that we can live up to that, but we can at least decide what his best performance is. So let's dive right in. Our first matchup tonight is going to be our number one seed of Goodwill Hunting versus our number two seed of Awakenings. Steven, you're getting us kicked off. Yeah, good matchup to start off this round. Uh, two sort of very similar performances. Both of them have thick, lustrous beards. Both of them, he's playing the straight man in a very dramatic role instead of his usual comedic roles that we think of him as. Uh, so... In the end, this is really a good, pure matchup of just which is the better performance. And I think we discussed this a little bit last time. I feel like in Awakening, he's getting a little outshined by Bobby D. And that's not true about Matt Damon. Uh, I, I feel like Goodwill Hunting is the one that's the more solid performance, the one that stays with you longer. So that gets my vote. All right, Goodwill Hunting picks up the first vote. Leah, I wholeheartedly agree with everything Stephen just said. With uh, you know the the roles are very similar. It's cool that these two were matched up against each other because if we're really thinking about the best performance, the similar performances should go against each other so we can figure out what's the best of each kind of Robin Williams performance and then pin those against each other to crown a winner. Um, so I like that these two are up against each other. Both supporting roles, um, and I, yeah, like Steven said, I do think that like if you were to leave Goodwill Hunting, you're like, oh yeah, Matt Damon and, and Robin Williams were really good in that movie, but I don't know if you would leave Awakenings being like, oh yeah, Bobby D and Robin Williams were really good in that film. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, 100%, I'm going to go with Goodwill Hunting for that. More memorable. All right, Goodwill Hunting picks up a second vote. Mike? Yeah, I really do like this matchup. In both cases, he's playing a doctor, uh, 
or a psychologist uh, that is his focus is on helping people. Uh, so it's a, it's another matchup of similar performances on a surface level, uh, similar to several of the ones we had in the previous episode. What I think is interesting about this is that in Awakenings, he's really, he's co-lead with Robert De Niro, but in terms of screen time, he's the lead. But you go away thinking more about Robert De Niro's performances, performance, whereas in Goodwill Hunting, he's very much not the lead. But you go away thinking of Robin Williams' performance. Uh, it's not to take anything away from his performance in Awakenings, uh, but as, as we'll discuss with, with other movies, he's been in movies where he could have been outshined, but you still go away thinking about him. I just think that's not the case as much in Awakenings. The performance is very good, but it doesn't stand out in any particularly meaningful way, certainly not the way that uh, Goodwill Hunting does. So I will give my vote to Goodwill Hunting as well. All right, Goodwill Hunting picks up a third vote, Chris. Uh, yeah, everyone else said everyone else said what I was going to say. It's Goodwill Hunting. This uh, for me actually isn't close. So move it along. All right, Goodwill Hunting with a commanding sweep over Awakenings. Moving it on to the final four. Our second matchup is the one seed of Aladdin versus our two seed of the Birdcage. Getting us started is Leah. So this is the only difficult matchup for me in this round. Um, you know, on the one hand for Aladdin, he's very much, um, you know, fantastical and magical. Wait, I think I just stole that from a different Disney movie. Um, <laughs> I think that he is so over the top as the genie. Um, his, you know, the, his, his lyric and his dialogue, everything like that is very, very quick. It's very, um, quirky. It's very, um, I don't know. It's everything that you would want to see as a child, um, watching it where the birdcage, obviously, uh, probably not a performance that kids are watching, but maybe, who knows? I was probably watching it when I was a kid, but um, it's not one that's going to stand out to kids, obviously. Um, but I think it's also very much worth noting that it's an important role that he plays. He does a fantastic job in it. Um, both roles, he's not a standalone lead character. Um... One, he's obviously acting more face-to-face, -face, whereas the other one, as we talked about, is just the voice, but it seems like he's there, even when he's not. Um, oh, it's just really tough. Um, if I'm just going with my gut, I'm going to go with Aladdin because I do feel like it stands out more and is a more unique character that we don't see all the time and he does it fantastically so i uh, yeah i'm gonna go with aladdin all right aladdin gets us kicked off with the first votes mike Whew. yeah i leah's right this one is really tough uh, i i know i didn't vote for aladdin in the previous round because i thought he showed more range with the hook performance. But then uh, Chris said something in the previous episode that, that stuck with me a little bit, talking about how even though you can't see Robin Williams, you, you feel Robin Williams' presence coming through that role. And I think that 
a lot of his vocal performance alone implies such a physicality that that transferred itself onto the way that the animators uh, rendered the genie. And I think there's, there is a whole lot to be said for that. And the birdcage, he, you know, if you'll pardon the phrase, you know, played, played the role pretty straight, all things considered. Uh, like I said, I know that was terrible phrasing, <laughs> but, but I think that because he did that, it made a character that could have easily been more of a caricature or a little more <laughs> cartoonish, uh, believable and grounded and realistic. And this is, these are two standout performances in his career. I mean, these are just both fantastic movies. Oh man. And I hate having to make this decision. Um, because these are also two movies that I love, so I can't I can't necessarily break it down that way either. When Robin Williams, when when people think of Robin Williams, though, they they're going to be more apt to think of his performance as the genie. Partially, that's uh, that's a function of. A lot, you know, we were kids when we saw Aladdin, so things things from your childhood stick with you more. But man, this this is a tough one. But ultimately, I do think that he brings more to the table with the way that he does the genie in Aladdin. And Bird, Birdcage is just as great as a performance as that is. It, it it is. It's just Aladdin, just by a hair. It just it just feels feels clo- more more right to me. I, I guess <laughs> I don't know. It's a really tough matchup, but I'll, I'm going to vote for Aladdin as well. All right, Aladdin picks up a second vote. Chris, I want Stephen to go next so he can try and change my mind one way or another. I have no idea what I'm going to say right now. Uh, this is not an easy choice. Like this should be a final four decision. This should not be an elite eight decision, but we're in the elite eight. We have to make a call here. And I keep coming back to this. I keep coming back to, I'm going to see one of these movies, watch one of these movies more often in my life willingly than I will the other. Um, you know, it's no secret. I'm not a big Disney guy. Um, Jeff, Marissa, big Disney people, uh, Mike, Nikki, big Disney people. Steven was born at Disney world. I'm not a big Disney guy. I just never have been. Um, but the Disney movie that I love more than anything was Aladdin. Like I didn't get into Lion King. I didn't get into Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid. I love Aladdin. I think that movie is phenomenal. But I'm going to watch The Birdcage a lot more often in my life than I will Aladdin. And that's why it pains me to say this. the genie as a character is going to stick with me a lot more than his character from the birdcage. The birdcage itself, I will show that movie to every person I ever meet, and I will tell them this is a genius. It's a genius film. It's so fun. It's got such a good message. It has such good heart. But when I think of Robin Williams, one of the the characters I think of is the freaking genie because he is that damn good in that movie. 
So the non-Disney guy is voting for the Disney film. I'm giving my vote to Aladdin. All right, Aladdin picks up a third vote, but we still need to hear from Steven. This is tough, okay? Uh, We've mentioned a few times that there are roles where we can't picture anybody else in that role. And the genie is unique because we do have another person in that role. We have Return of Jafar and three seasons of somebody else being genie. Uh, Dan Castellaneto doing his darndest. But he's not Robin Williams. He, he's not he's, he's not as funny or as quick-witted. It's very clearly that performance is six guys in the writer's room sitting around thinking, what would Robin Williams say? And they never quite hit it. I'm trying to think, would it be the same for the birdcage? Like, who else could do that role? Or always have this same reduction, or even maybe a greater reduction, if that's not Robin Williams? And one of the things I think that's been revealed as we go through this is that what Robin Williams really exceeds is playing a comedic character that's got an underseated deeper emotional issue. That's where he's getting his best roles. And I think the birdcage uses that in a way that obviously the genie doesn't because the genie gets annoyed when he has to work for Jafar, but he doesn't really go to any deep place. It's, it's, it's a G-rated film, let's be honest. It's a great film, but the better performance, I think, is the birdcage. So I'm going to give it to that. All right, the birdcage does pick up a sympathy vote, but Aladdin will be moving on. Our next matchup is our one seed of Dead Poets Society versus our two seed of the Fisher King. Mike, you're getting us started. Oh, Mike got bit by the mute bug. Is there a bug? uh, Yep, I did. Oh, that hurt. Oh, ouch. I'm going to be scratching that itch for a while. (laughs) No, uh, I was actually uh, just going to comment that uh, (laughs) for whatever reason, as Stephen was talking, I was hearing, I was picturing Robin Williams going, that was perfect. I just never realized John Wayne walked like that. <laughs> and it, and it, made, it made me kind of regret my vote, but it, does, it doesn't matter because I'm pretty sure I know which way Jeff would have broken the tie. Uh, that was a tough matchup. Um, this one is also, but not quite as much for me. And I think it's a little I'm trying very hard to be objective here because of how much I love Dead Poet Society and how much more important of a role is played in my life than the Fisher King, which I really did enjoy the one time I saw it. And Robin Williams is absolutely fantastic in it. But I I just think that. Again, it's the childhood thing, right? I saw Dead Poets Society when I was probably 12 or 13. Uh, and it, it those performances stick with you. And when I, when I think of Robin Williams, one of the movies that I think of is Dead Poets Society. He, he does, he just brings, this is going to sound like such a cop-out the way I say it, but he brings a Robin Williams-ness to the role that 
elevates it to a level that I don't think anyone else could have quite pulled off in the same way. The the same is true of the of the Fisher of his role in the Fisher King as well, and both of these roles stick with me. Dead Poet Society is the role that just has burrowed a little deeper into my heart, and so for that reason, I have to give it my vote. All right, and that was a vote for Dead Poet Society. And we are moving on to Chris. There's no easy decisions left in this bracket. We've we've eliminated all the all the low hanging fruit, and it's it's just the tougher decisions here. Everything Mike just said is a hundred percent legitimate. It's it's one way to think about it. I personally would have loved to have a teacher like he, like him in, in Dead Poet Society. Um, I'm a little mad because it set up false expectations for what teachers are actually able to do. I wasn't allowed to stand on my desk. Um, but I did have teachers that inspired me. I had teachers that, that put me in a, on a path to success, you know, not the success I thought I was going to have, but Hey, we never go down that path, but there's a uniqueness to not just the movie, but to his performance in the Fisher King that I can't quite quantify. It's such a unique and ornate performance. And it's not something and that could be that a lot of that goes back could go back to the director. Um, why am I blanking on his name? Terry Gilliam. Terry or Gilliam. Gilliam. I'm not entirely sure which one. I've always said Gilliam, but a lot of that could go back to Terry Gilliam. But it doesn't necessarily have to. Like Robin Williams is a phenomenal actor who can who can make his own creative choices, and the creative choices he made in their Fisher King is great. I actually think. The Fisher King, to me, is the better performance. It's the more memorable performance. It's the more unique performance. I'm giving my vote to the Fisher King here. All right. The Fisher King, in a split, picks up its first vote. Steven. Yeah, maybe I'm missing this because I actually did not see Dead Poet Society until I was, you know, out of school, I saw it later in life, so it just doesn't. I don't think it has that resonance to me that a lot of people give it. Um, I don't think it's a bad performance by any means, but it just it never really stuck with me. And I think the Fisher King is fantastic. I think it's a great performance. I think it's phenomenal. Um, there's so much pathos in that character, and it comes through so clearly with Robin's performance. So I, I gotta give it to the Fisher King. All right, the Fisher King picks up a second vote. Leah. Yeah, Dead Poets Society definitely stuck with me. I saw it as a probably middle school-aged uh, kid, and uh, it definitely sticks with me. And if you're kind of trying to compare, like, could another actor play the Robin Williams character? Um, it's like Mr. Keating, maybe. Whatever his name is in the movie. Um, could another actor play that role and do it just as well? There is a movie that is not as good that came out. I don't know, 1999, 2000, 2001, sometime around there, called, um, actually probably later than that, Emperor's Club. And it has Kevin Klein in it as the um, inspirational teacher trying to teach these kind of riffraff kids um, about, like, Roman history and the emperors and things like that. Um, he kind of tackles with some of the students' issues and things like that and tries to be that 
uh, Robin Williams character to those kids. It's not great. He doesn't, you know, Kevin Klein, great actor, didn't do a great job in that movie. Um, but probably I say that because I'm comparing it so much to the Robin Williams character in Dead Poet Society and the impact that his performance made on me and the impact his performance made on the students that he um, was, you know, uh, entrusted to to guide as much as possible. Um, so, yeah, I'm sorry. I got to go uh, Dead Poet Society on here. It's the it's the performance that's more impactful for me. All right, and as we know, in a tie, I am the one who is going to break the tie. Good luck. But we do still have the buzzer beater on the table for anyone who would like to use it. In this case, I might actually give a quick buzzer beater to both sides if they would choose to do so. I mean, I, I feel like everything I was going to say, I said in my in my impassioned speech. I, this one's so hard for me that... I don't even know what I would say because I, I see arguments for both. I know that doesn't help at all. All right. Well, I love uh, both of what you've just offered me. Quite riveting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not helpful at all. Thanks, guys. Savage. Um, I'm three beers that I have, Being that I've actually not seen either of these movies, I come with a very fresh perspective uh, in the fact that I am going to vote for the number one seed. <laughs> um, I, albeit I do actually enjoy Terry Gilliam films um, and have actually seen a few of them this just happens to not be one of them so I will probably go back and watch The Fisher King now that I know that um, but I'm going to have to go ahead and give this one to Dead Poet Society yeah I mean I can't fault anyone there I, I, Dead Poet Society is a phenomenal it's a wonderful film I think it's phenomenal it's a wonderful film they're they're both they're both great they're both great performances it's it's tough. All right, we have our final matchup in Elite Eight here. We've got the number one seed of Mrs. Doubtfire going to get to the number two seed. Good Morning Vietnam. Getting us started is Chris. Oh sweet Christmas! I said none of these are easy, but this one's hard. Um. I guess what I'm going to base this off of is when I think of a Robin Williams performance, what do I think of? And what I think of one of Robin Williams performance, I think of the, the zany comedy. No, I can't even go there because they both have zany comedy. They both have heart touching moments. They're both topical. Uh, obviously one topic talk dealing with the, the Vietnam war. They're dealing with the, the, the topic of a, a divorce and parents, you know, kind of moving on in their lives when kids are involved. Oh, my Lord. You know, I... Yeah, not I, so easy going first, is it? No, it's not. It sucks. Can we just have Steven go first from now on? That way he can tell us how to vote. I'd be happy to tell you how to vote. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you will when it's your turn. This is a real listen. This is a really tough decision because I genuinely love both of these movies. This is another one I think that goes back to. I'm going to watch one of these movies more often than I'm going to watch another. I'm going to watch Good Morning Vietnam. I might watch Good Morning Vietnam ten more times in my life. I don't know that I'll watch Mrs. Doubtfire that many more times in my life. But ironically enough, the the performance of Mrs. Doubtfire is the one I remember better. Um, I remember the context around. What happens in Good Morning Vietnam 
better than I remember Robin Williams' performance. Not saying it's a bad performance, it's a wonderful performance, but the I, I remember small details from Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, the 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 fate the putting her face his face in the pie in the fridge, um, and then serving the guy coffee and having a little bit of it drip off and falling in his coffee. It's 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 fun, and as soon as it drips off, he goes, "Ooh, a little for you." It's it's genuinely fun. Like I don't need to see that movie again because I can I can remember a lot of it. Um, I actually think for me, it's the more memorable memorable performance. And it's just—it's a sweeter performance. It really is. Like it's—it's it's a gentleness that is there to remind kids that when you're going, separations aren't the end. You still have both of your parents, and he does it in such a loving way. And you can see in both—you can see like as I get older, both parent sides of a, of a situation where it's just—it sucks. Like they're just not going to be together anymore. But I think it tackles it in a very real way that helps that helps kids with it. And I think Robin Williams' performance in there is very gentle. Again, I've talked about this before with Robin Williams. Robin Williams to me is best when he's acting with kids and he's acting with kids here and he's phenomenal. He works so well with innocence that it, it really is amazing to watch. So I'm going Mrs. Doubtfire. All right. Mrs. Doubtfire gets us kicked off. Steven. Yeah. So on paper, this is probably looking like a very, very tough matchup. And I get that because these are both wonderful films that stay with you. They're, they're, hits for a reason but i think when we're just judging performances this is really easy because if mrs doubtfire if you just like took off the bookends and it was a movie where robin williams just played a an eccentric british nanny you would totally believe that role he is so good as mrs doubtfire it, it just shines through he completely embodies both the actual character he's playing and the role he's playing as Mrs. Doubtfire in such an engrossing way that you, you can't help but love every second that he's on the screen in that film. So, yeah, Good Morning Vietnam has the bigger impact because it's got the bigger twist, but Mrs. Doubtfire is just an incredible role and an incredible performance, and Robin Williams nails it. I'm going with Mrs. Doubtfire all the way. And Mrs. Doubtfire picks up a second vote. Leah? Yeah, when Chris was talking about, you know, he hasn't seen the movie in a long time, but there are certain scenes that stands out to him. Um, I was kind of thinking about that, too, and I'm thinking the beginning of the movie, during the party that he throws when his wife's not around, and he's kind of dancing on the table with his, like, preteen son um, and the friends. That stands out to me. Um, but the big scene that stands out to me, I think, is at the end of the, I guess, the second act when they're having the restaurant scene where he's having to run back and forth from table to table as, I guess, himself and as Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, and he does that so well. And it's just so, like, it. it's like he's not even thinking about it. Like, it's really happening. And he's just running as fast as he can, going back and forth, trying to do the makeup and the outfit changes and it's uh, and going in and out of the accent. It's it's really stressful to watch, but it's also really really impressive the way he does it. Um, and I think at the very end when he's kind of advocating in court, I guess for for why he has done the what he has done, and and that's always from the get go has been about the kids. You believe it. The everything that motivates him in that movie is his kids and needing to be close to his kids. And 
he can't stand to not be near his kids. And you believe that 100% in the movie. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Mrs. Doubtfire for this one. All right, Mrs. Doubtfire picks up the crucial third vote, but let's hear from Mike. To be honest, I, I other than the way that the seating worked out, I would have expected both these movies in the final four. These are seminal Robin Williams performances. They're, they're both categorized as comedies, and they are really, really funny, but both of them are actually have very dark undercurrents to them, very serious topics that they are dealing with. Uh, and they're do and they're both doing it in 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 honest ways and in ways that the Robin Williams performance elevates. But I completely agree with all of my fellow panelists. Uh, as wonderful as he is in Good Morning Vietnam, Mrs. Doubtfire really is a role that he is just masterful in. And uh, it's getting my vote here as well. And we'll talk about it a little more in the next round. And Mrs. Doubtfire will commandingly sweep its way to the next round. And we have made it to our final four. We've got Goodwill Hunting versus Aladdin and Dead Poet Society versus Mrs. Doubtfire. Our first matchup is that one seed of Goodwill Hunting versus the one seed of Aladdin. Getting us started is Steven. Hmm. Um, exactly. Uh, they're so different. Um, so which performance stays with you longer? Uh, Yeah, I, I, I honestly I don't know what to pick here, so I'm just gonna go with the one that uh, the one that I enjoy a little bit more, which would have to be, I guess it would have to be Aladdin. That's the one that I would go back and watch again and again and again. Uh, Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, I, Aladdin stands out more to me, so I, I can't justify it other than just it gives me the feels. Aladdin. All right, we get it started off with Aladdin. Leah. Yeah. Um, definitely tough. Tough, tough, tough. But I think they're both one seeds, right? So we knew it was probably eventually going to come down to this. He just has so much energy as the genie. Like, it's exhilarating to watch. Like, he's just, he's on 100% of the time. Just high energy, fast talking. Um, you know, he's he's in, he's out, he's up, he's down. He's, he's spinning around. Obviously not physically because he's a cartoon. But, like, like it's, it's, it's him. The genie is Robin. Robin is the genie. No matter how many other people have portrayed the genie in various, you know, straight-to-video movies or even on Broadway or in, you know, we talk about the Will Smith one, which a lot of people don't talk about. It's not the same. Um, I think Robin broke a lot of, um, not barriers, but like, he did things as the genie that hadn't 
been done before. He just brought that, you know, voice voice animation like role to like the next level and showed what that could look like and and it's come a long way since then but i don't think even today a voice actor has done as good of a job in an animated film as robin williams did as the genie so i'm gonna go with aladdin for this one all right aladdin picks up a second vote mike this is a really tough one these are very different movies these are both movies that i saw at the right moment for myself, I think, in terms of the you know the genie, Robin Williams brings a ton of pop culture references to that role in terms of all the impressions that he does and stuff like that. And it was right around the time that I was really getting interested in pop culture and those kinds of things. So there was a lot there. And then Goodwill Hunting, I saw I was a junior in, in high school, so certainly that was a very uh, impactful film. I mean, that was that movie was everywhere um and there's i mean you know I, why isn't fern gully on this on this list his his other animated movie performance of the early 90s um no it's just wanted to shout that one out real quick too uh, because i don't know what to say um this is tough this is tough and i think that as much as I love Aladdin, I, there is something expressive in Robin Williams' face. As much for all of his mannerisms and his crazy antics and, and the things that he can do with his voice and his impressions and everything like that, there is something expressive in Robin Williams' face that... I like to see and it and obviously I'm not trying to hold it against him that it was an animated role versus a not animated role but I think that he can convey he conveys so much in Goodwill Hunting with the looks that he has when it cuts to him even when Matt Damon's character is talking or even when Stellan Skarsgård's character is talking there's a lot of performance in that movie when he is not even saying anything when he's just present He's so wonderful, and he brings so much to that role. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's harder because he does the same with Aladdin, but partially just to make things interesting, and just because I love both these movies too, and I just I think Goodwill Hunting actually sticks with me a little more. Maybe it's just because I appreciate that extra level of pathos that he brings to it, but pathos. I've always pronounced that pathos. Uh, I'm going to give my vote to Goodwill Hunting. All right. Goodwill Hunting picks up a vote. Chris. Yeah, listen, guys, it's the final four. There's no easy decisions left. Those are out the window. And this is a really tough one because I actually think Leah's right. I don't know that I can think of when she said it, I w I've been sitting here for the last you know, eight, nine minutes while Mike was talking, trying to think of, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't talk that long. I know. Trying to think, I was trying to, I'm honestly trying to think of a better, a vocal performance that kind of goes on par with Robin Williams and what he did as the genie. And I don't know that I can come up with one. Like when she said that, I'm like, Oh, come on, babe, you can't say that. And then I'm thinking like, I think she's right. I really think she's right from a vocal performance standpoint. Like, I don't know if there's anything that tops that. It's not Dwayne The Rock Johnson in Moana. It doesn't top Robin Williams. Uh, the ones that might get close 
but not nearly there. Maybe Craig T. Nelson in The Incredibles. Uh, maybe Billy Crystal and John Goodman in Monsters, Inc. But they're nowhere near the Robin Williams performance. But then you have to go look at the other side of things and look at the, the quietness that he brings to his character in Goodwill Hunting. Um, these are the two different versions of Robin Williams. When you think of Robin Williams' performances, these are the polar opposite ends of the spectrum. It's kind of interesting that we're here now with these two. But I've said before that I that Robin Williams, I think, is best when he's when he's acting with, with kids. I think he's phenomenal when he's acting with kids. And actually, in Good Will Hunting, we get that because the version that Matt Damon is playing is a kid that's stuck in adolescence because of the trauma of his childhood. And it's the entire movie is him trying and just he recognizes a kid from his neighborhood, a kid from Southie. That is that the only thing getting in the way is what happened in his past. And he is trying everything he can to get this kid to open up and to realize that what happened to him does not define him. And he genuinely cares. And like every inch of his performance in Goodwill Hunting feels genuine. All the way up until and including the part where he's just he he realizes he's at that, that point break moment. It's not your fault. It's not your fault, Will. What happened to you was not because of you. It was because of somebody else, and you've got to let that go. And that was the pivotal moment that allowed Will the ability to let his childhood past go, try and let all that crap from his past go and realize that he is one of the most gifted people on the earth and has been given a chance that people in his life dream about. It's th The conversation with Ben Affleck kind of allows him to go that route, but Robin Williams sticking with him and showing that no matter what you say, I'm going to be here and being that father figure was amazing. That performance to me is one of my favorite performances of all time in all of movie history. I love it so damn much. As much as I love the genie, to me, this is not a close one. This is Goodwill Hunting. His performance is it's what Oscar it's what the Oscars are meant to be. It's supposed to be recognizing these amazing performances. And he got his well deserved Oscar for it. And I wish the Oscars would go back to giving people that, but you know. Woe is me. Goodwill hunting. All right. Uh, well, we've got another tie here, folks. Oh, what have we done? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Stephen, change your vote. <laughs> so if there is uh, anyone at this point who would like to try to sway me one way or the other, it would be a great time to do so. Can I sway you with bourbon? <laughs> Ugh. Technically, we never we never banned bribery from the buzzer beater for boozy bracketology. That was a lot of bees. Oh, we have no. Uh, <laughs> I don't know the word I'm looking for. <laughs> rules. Yeah, there, there's rules there's, here. What? No, there are no rules here. There are no rules. The points are made up, and we will accept any and all bribes. Um. All right. Well, uh, I guess it's just going to come down to me then. Godspeed, Jeff Gore. God, I, I feel like this is almost just not fair because, and I will give you full disclosure for all those boozy bracketeers who are going to be oh so pissed at the end of this, but I have not seen Goodwill Hunting. 
I forget how young you are sometimes. Yeah. No, I just I just don't see movies. Um, <laughs> but I would like to uh, impart all of the knowledge and passion and um, a vigor that you guys have given it tonight and use that as some sort of token uh, for how good it is. But I would also like to mention and point out uh, that you guys all uh, talked about how the genie was the best voice performance that has ever been, uh, or, or most famous voice performance that's ever been out there. And I would like to point out just a few others uh, to maybe give the situation some levity. Uh, it's hard to not point out James Earl Jones as Mufasa, uh, such an iconic performance. I or Darth Vader. And Darth Vader, if you're going for a non-animated route. Um, let's all look at Tom Hanks as Woody. I mean, Tom Hanks is Woody. Iconic voice acting role. Still stand by what I said. You chose Craig T. Nelson instead of Holly Hunter in Incredibles, so I'm not sure I'm putting I, I couldn't too think much. of her name. <laughs> fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. Oh, boy. But I think having seen and watched much of the uh, behind-the-scenes video and... Uh, all of the time and effort that has gone into what the genie became because of Robin, not because of what was written for the genie, but because of how it became what it is because of him. I'm going to have to give it to Aladdin. And I think we can all go home, not necessarily angry, maybe a little disappointed, but I will take it away as some homework to go watch this Goodwill hunting movie everyone's talking about. I drop it off, but you're never going to watch it. You're right. Also, what are you dropping off? Isn't everything just on the remote now? You just go beep, boop, beep. Just, just don't. Just also make sure to make some time for the sequel, Goodwill Hunting Two, Hunting Season. Ah, uh, yes. Applesauce, bitch. Applesauce, bitch. <laughs> you're a true artist, oh. Gus. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got our first. Movie decided for our final round. Let's hop over to our second matchup, which is the Dead Poets Society versus Mrs. Doubtfire. And I swear to God, if you guys tie on this one again, <laughs> He's gonna just know, line. just just know right now, if you tie, Mrs. Doubtfire will win. All right. Oh boy. Let's begin. Up first is Leah. Super. Well, I will not um, belabor this uh, very long. Um, we've said a lot of things about both of these movies. They are both fantastic. I both had them in my final four. Um, but I think that Mrs. Doubtfire's performance is much more impressive um, and there are a lot of more serious roles like the one we just eliminated that I feel like were better than his role in Dead Poet Society, as great as it was. Um, so I'm going to go with Mrs. Doubtfire. All right, right off the bat, Mrs. Doubtfire gets us a vote. Mike? Yeah, 100%, Jeff. Uh, I'm going to say that I'm going to speculate you can probably rest easy uh, with this one. I, I've been very vocal about my love for Dead Poet Society, but this is Mrs. Doubtfire. He has to do... He has to play himself. He has to play 
Mrs. Doubtfire. I mean, it, it is it is an incredible performance that has it it has so many different aspects to it and he hits them all note perfect even his impression of a hot dog in that movie is spot on no i love dead poet society mrs doubtfire is the quintessential robin williams performance to me and it gets my vote Mrs. Doubtfire picking up that second vote. Chris? There is not a chance in hell I'm letting Dead Poet Society be the 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 version of Robin Williams' dramatic performance that goes into the championship game. If we're going to eliminate freaking Goodwill Hunting, there is no chance in hell am I voting for Dead Poet Society. It's not close. It's not. Mrs. Doubtfire is actually a better dramatic performance than he did in Goodwill in, uh, in Dead Poet Society, not Goodwill Hunting. But it's it's what you want in that movie. That movie, there's nothing in that movie that I don't want to see when I'm thinking about a movie tackling the subject matter it's tackling, but targeting at the audience that it's targeting at. It's phenomenal. It's it's Mrs. Doubtfire. And Mrs. Doubtfire picks up that third vote. Steven. Steven's either protesting or on the mute bug. The mute bug. The mute bug. (sighs) bug. He's busy playing pilot wings. Give him a break. (laughs) Uh, Well, I guess what I really should do is take this time to let our listeners know that we are slowly building up towards the 64 meanest comments about our dumbass picks for one of our brackets, so... You got plenty of ammunition this time. Uh, Jesus Christ. What, what, what am I even here? Mrs. Doubtfire. All right. Mrs. Doubtfire will be moving on. And we have our final, folks. We've got our number one seed, Aladdin, versus our number one seed, Mrs. Doubtfire. Like it's all very clear right now. Robin Williams shines brightest when he's playing multiple different characters of himself. So let's go ahead and find out which one is the best. Mike, getting us started. So I've mentioned several times on the podcast that the 90s were a weird and wild time. And one piece of evidence of this is that one of the previews prior to Aladdin that I remember seeing was a preview for another Robin Williams movie, decidedly not children appropriate. And that movie was toys. Not on this bracket. Weird movie. Uh, I did see it. It was, it was interesting. The follow up to that movie for those of us who had seen Aladdin and then went to go see toys, because now we're suddenly in love with Robin Williams and that was okay. Interesting. And then the follow-up to that was Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, was the next Robin Williams movie after that that I that I saw. So these were bunched together for me uh, at a particular time in my childhood, uh, a transitional period of of pre-adolescence, that fun time. And they're so therefore the reason I bring that up is therefore because that's such an impressionable time. These are two performances that are very much a part of that experience and are a part are so are unforgettable to me. They're, they're things that I will always carry with me so much memorable things about both of them. And which is the better performance? I 
feel like I've been voting against Aladdin a lot, and I love Aladdin. It's actually probably my favorite Disney animated film. It's certainly top three. And largely that is because of Robin Williams' performance. And so the fact that I am voting against it yet again, I don't want to take away from that. But Mrs. Doubtfire is getting my vote here. Um, I asked my wife before I came upstairs to do this bracket, I said, what would your pick be? And she, without hesitation, said, Mrs. Doubtfire. No one else could have done Mrs. Doubtfire. And she's 100% right. You cannot imagine any other actor playing the role of uh, Daniel, I forget his last name, but uh, in as the father, and then that transition to becoming Mrs. Doubtfire and having to play back and forth. Someone mentioned last time about going back and forth between the roles and the diner seed, all, all of that kind of stuff. Everything that he brings to that role seems tailor-made for him. That's a movie I still... I still catch myself referencing like completely weird lines like I don't work with the males because I used to be one like stupid shit like he does there's so much funny shit in that movie and yet underneath it all he is such a dramatic layer to just this desperate father trying to do anything to be there for his kids it's unbelievable and as Amazing as his performance is in Aladdin, so much so that the way that they translated on screen was dictated by it. I agree with my wife. Mrs. Doubtfire is a role that I cannot imagine anybody else playing. It's it's such a phenomenal performance, and I think it is a deserving champion here. It gets my vote. All right. Mrs. Doubtfire picks up a vote. Chris? Where 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 do you begin here? Uh, this is insanely tough because we've 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 dissected both of these films as well as they can be dissected. I think we're dissecting these performances to the point where there's not a whole lot left. You've got the absolute zany comedy that he brings to Aladdin, and then you you kind of mirror that against the somehow more grounded performance he had in Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, There's just not an easy way to get there here. There is not. These are both, these are, in my opinion, two of the three most memorable memorable performances from Robin Williams. Uh, I'm not saying they're top two, uh, but I don't. I, I couldn't even think I could rack and stack. No, I could because Good Will Hunting would have been my number one. Um, with that being said, I have to stick to my guns here. I do. I. I the Robert Williams that I love, Robert Williams is best when he's part of an ensemble and he's the best when he's working with kids. And I think that's kind of highlighted by the last part of Mrs. Doubtfire where you actually see him um, playing Mrs. Doubtfire in front of a camera and you see him turning into Mr. Friggin' Rogers. Like he's this, this, this gentle person helping kids understand and come to terms with what's going on in the world. And it feels like, like, honestly, that felt so right in that moment that I would want my daughter to watch that show now. Like, I would let my daughter sit down and watch Mrs. Doubtfire 30 years later, 20 years later, because that felt so perfect. But that's all the performance that he has. That's all from his performance as Mrs. Doubtfire and as, I I don't even remember his real name in the movie. 
But um, I want to say Scott Calvin, way wrong movie. <laughs> but it, it, it's got to be Mrs. Doubtfire for me. It, it, as wonderful as Aladdin is, and as great that performance is, Mrs. Doubtfire to me is the the better performance, and it's the performance I'd want to one of the performances I want to remember Robin Williams for. All right, Mrs. Doubtfire picks up another vote. Steven. Why do you do this to me? Um, so Aladdin is just Robin Williams at his zaniest. The, the way they the way they recorded that is basically they put him in a room with a box of props and like he glanced at the script one time and then they just let him go wild. Like the whole Disney self referential thing just began because during his stand up act he does this thing where he pretends to be Pinocchio and he makes a little whoop sound effect with the nose growing. He did that just not even thinking about being part of Disney, probably, when he's going through one of his acts, and that's why the genie turns into Pinocchio for one second. Um, it's, it's an incredible role. It's, he's, he is completely and totally unrestrained. He's not even restrained by a body, because it's an animated film. Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, for some, how, how have we not said this yet? He's being very restrained, at least physically, because... He's in a fat suit. It limits his mobility. It limits his ability to move. It even covers up a lot of his face, so it's harder for him to make expressions. And yet, he's still creating this endearing character. Um, it's the more impressive performance. Maybe you can say that Genie is more enjoyable. I could understand someone who comes to that conclusion. But the more impressive performance is Mrs. Doubtfire. So that gets my vote. All right, Mrs. Downfire picks up a third vote. Let's hear from Leah. Well, I'm really happy that it came down to these two. Um, and up until this round, I kind of thought that I would definitely vote for Aladdin to win this one. Um, just because I think that if you mention Robin Williams to me, Aladdin is the first thing that pops into my head. Um, but... I think I have changed my mind, and I think I'm going to vote for Mrs. Doubtfire. And if I'm really thinking about it, you know, I said earlier that there's been other adaptations of Aladdin, and there was no better genie than Robin Williams, and that's 100% true. But I would say that the Broadway version, the actors they've gotten to do the genie have been pretty good for, for what it is. They're not Robin Williams, but they're pretty good. Will Smith, eh, he's okay. Um, but like they're putting Mrs. Doubtfire on Broadway now, and it is not good. It's what I hear. Just not, just not good because I think that anyone you put as Mrs. Doubtfire is going to be a letdown because it's not Robin Williams. Same with the genie, but I think more so with Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, that you just literally, I think it makes it a bomb if anyone else tries to do the Mrs. Doubtfire, um, role, if it's not Robin Williams, whereas the genie, there are people who can do it decently, just not the same. Um, so yeah, I think that I have swayed myself with my thoughts, um, and I'm going to go for Mrs. Doubtfire and let's go ahead and sweep this thing. And that we will. Folks, we have done it. We have decided... The best Robin Williams performance. Mrs. Doubtfire, with a sweep, 
is winning this bracket. Uh, join us next month as we tackle our next bracket because we are continually torturing ourselves with these tough decisions. <laughs> it's what we love doing. There's nothing better than just racking our branding over these wonderfully meaningless decisions. <laughs> uh, but we do it for you. We realize how important it is. And if we weren't doing it, well, no one would. But we thank you for joining us. And if you like what we're doing here and you want to help support what we're doing, please feel free to join us over at patreon.com slash P-T-E-B-B. Uh, we've got some Patreon-exclusive shows over there. We've got some additional brackets as well as other trivia shows from our sister podcast, Pub Trivia Experience. Um, there's several different options and levels of support, and we'd love to hang out and chat with you over there. And as always, you can join us on social media everywhere at Boozy Bracketology, except Twitter, where we're Boozy Brackets. Uh, you can also join us in our Facebook group, The Lounge, fans of Pub Trivia Experience and Boozy Bracketology. Um, we're always on there interacting with different you know, uh, trivia or polls or just trying to get everyone involved. Um, and if you want to join us over there, there's always an opportunity you could join us in one of these shows. Um, so if you want to find us there, it's The Lounge, fans of Pub Trivia Experience and Boozy Bracketology on Facebook. Um, yet again, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll love to see you again next month as we tackle the Beatles. I think we're tackling the Beatles. Folks, you will not want to miss that one. I don't even like, I, you yeah. thought this was testy. <laughs> Just wait. I'm so um, glad I'm hosting that one. You guys want to listen to my music picks. <laughs> Thank God. Everyone just sighed in relief. Um, but as always, I am your host, Jeff. Thanks for joining us. I've been Steven. I'm Leah. I'm Mike. And Chris. And we'll see you next month. <laughs>